Hello and welcome. This is Connie Reagan Green from HugeProfitsTinyList.com with another call in the podcast series. Today, I'm quite excited to have speaker, author, entrepreneur, and consultant Tanya Brockett with me. Welcome, Tanya. Hello, Connie. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you very much. Well, now, what's really amazing is that I love to do these podcasts from all over the world, and I happen to be in one of the cities where I live right now, which is in Santa Barbara, but I've been uh, I've been in five countries in the past six weeks, so I've been all over the place, and you are currently in Florida on vacation because you're able to do that as part of your business. That's correct. It's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing because in the old days where we had to ask a boss permission for time off or like when I was teaching, we had a very strict schedule of when those times off were, we just did not have that opportunity to live this life. So I think this is quite a blessing and a wonderful thing that we attract into our lives. It absolutely is, Connie. And the flexibility and the freedom that comes with owning your own business, regardless of the type, is it just can't be beat. It really can't. It really can't. Well, you and I first connected in Austin at an event that we were both at, and since that time, you've come into my life in a big way, and I just really love you and, and respect what you're doing so, so much. And the way I think of you is as a copy editor, but now the truth is that you've offered uh, editorial services for more than 10 years. So tell us a little bit, you know, what is an editor and why does an author need one when they have, we all have friends, we have writing groups that can read our work for us. Why do we need an editor? So tell us all about that. Well, Connie, a copy editor is designed to help editors to improve their words so that they can prepare their work for publication in whatever form that is. So if you are a book author and you want to write either a nonfiction or a fiction book, then you need to use a copy editor as part of the process before you go to your agent, before you go to your publisher, and certainly before you go to print. So a copy editor is going to make you look good. It's going to help refine your words so that they are polished and professional so that you can really have a lasting legacy in that book that you put forth. Because once those words go out there, you can't bring them back. Now, granted, nowadays with the print-on-demand, we can make changes to our manuscripts before they get republished. However, those first ones that went out, they're still out there. They're not coming back. So you (laughs) want to make sure you look good from the beginning. That's so true, and I know that you'll be helping me with my very first book that now this month it makes five years since I published it, My Huge Profits with a Tiny List. And um, that book, I know that many people cringed when they received the first paperback copy of that book, but I was so excited just to get it out there that editing and having a professional actually look at it and, and make some changes for me, it was kind of the last thing that I wanted to do. And that really all changed, you know, this year when I made that conscious decision to uh, start doing things in a more professional way, and that's when you came into my life, and I'm just so excited about it because I think that, you know, a lot of us, we really do feel that if we just give it a once-over and we have two or three other people do that, that, 
you know, that's really the way to go. But, um, you know, I understand and believe you when you say that that is definitely not the way to go. So give us some advice about finding the right editor for us and working with an editor. Well, Connie, it's it's important to have a, a variety of things for finding the right editor. One is understanding that your manuscript is yours. It's your baby. We know that. All editors know that this work is important to you, and we're going to take very good care of it. And also know that your work is under your control. So even when you're working with and choosing an editor, they may help you to improve the words and make it flow better and be better and more receptive to your readers, but they're not trying to change what you're saying, nor are they trying to change your voice. So you will maintain control, and it will always be your book. So don't fear that. Yeah, that's, that is important. I think that is a big fear. I mean, with me, it probably wasn't, you know, and still continues to not, not be an issue for me because I feel like my information is kind of straightforward and that nobody else would really put a different spin on it anyway. But I think for so many people, that's the fear, that the original message they wanted to get out there would then just be so different. But, you know, I think a lot of that's based on things that we see in movies, You see see that somebody, they wanted to have their life work put together as a book or a movie, and somebody else came along and just really changed everything. So I'm excited to hear that that's not the case. That's not what you would do at all. That's right. It is not what we would do. Now, the other thing to consider in selecting the appropriate copy editor is to look at the relationship. What kind of feeling do you have talking with that potential editor? Do they make you feel good? Do they belittle you? Do they, you know, that they elevate you? You want to feel good with, with whoever you work with because it is a business relationship. So that's something that I think is very important. If you don't resonate with someone you're going to work with, then maybe they're not the right, right one to work with in the first place. Yes, I, I think that's so true. And, you know, you and I originally had met. It was December of 2013. Then you were presenting at my event in the spring of this year, 2015, and you'll be presenting again in October in Los Angeles. And I think that everybody then that meets you, then they feel that connection with you. And, you know, you you were the rock star of of the event in the spring, that's for sure. So uh, I think that we get that feeling from you that you're someone who really can help us. Well, that's... It's so important to me, too. And normally, when I'm out in a conversation with authors or or people who are just sharing their message and feeling that they have a message to get out there, they can feel my passion behind trying to help them to get that out there. And because I get so excited about it and I get excited about their project and helping them to reach their goal, it really helps them to feel good about their own goal. Yes, definitely. Yes. All right. Well, I want to direct people over now to your book, and it's at ConnieLoves. dot me forward slash Tanya, and that's T A T A N Y A. ConnieLoves. dot me forward slash Tanya. T A N Y A. And the book is the iPad, the manifestation, and the law of attraction. Tell us about this book, Tanya. Well, you know, unlike my first book, which was The Lens Solution, Designed for Small Businesses Looking for Money, the iPad book was an inspiration. It literally was I was asked to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning and write this book. 
<laughs> and when I got to the computer, I was like, okay, what am I writing? And it said, you'll see. And so what I discovered is just through the telling the story about the acquisition of an iPad, that's just, it's just an item. Anybody can attract anything they want into their lives, whether it's peace, happiness, a peaceful home, or a physical item. We use the iPad as a demonstration to go through a seven-step process for creating what it is that you want in your life. And so I share each stage of the process through the acquisition of that iPad. And what's so funny, Connie, is some of the feedback that I've had from readers is, this is so great, it reminds me of where I am in my process and what it is that I'm missing when things aren't happening right for me. So I can go back and I can reread, oh, it's step three, I've got to work on that. Well, one client literally manifested an iPad Air as a result of putting this into practice, and I just thought that was just so funny. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. So now, can this process be used for authorpreneurs as well? It absolutely can. If you can visualize yourself being successful as an author, you see that, then you can set the intention for that. And you write that goal down so that you've got it in your face every day. I want to be a published author. I see my books selling on the shelves next to Stephen King or Jack Canfield, whatever it is. Visualize yourself there. Expect that you can receive that. And you can use this process to keep it in front of you so that you can actually make it come to pass. You know, I just 100% believe in, in what you're saying, and I think part of that is kind of focus and clarity. And I start each day with really focusing on what I want in my life. What what do I want to do? Because they always say if you don't know where you're going, you'll end up somewhere else. And Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's so, so true. And I think, you know, once... I can just speak for myself. Once I made that decision, I want to do these things, and I want to, I want this to happen. Like for me to be an author, that was a big, big deal. I had wanted to do that since I was about maybe 11 or 12 years old. I, I thought, oh, it would be so wonderful to write a book, and then I never did do it. But once I really pictured that, I visualized people being excited to, to get my book. And, and when the book first came out, I used to take pictures of people holding the book, reading it. And I, I posted those on my Facebook page, and it was so much fun. But I think there's so much power in that with every aspect of our life. That is absolutely right, Connie. And having those images, by the way, of people reading your book is just a very inspiring thing to do. Not only does it maintain your uh, excitement and emotion, but it allows you to see yourself on the next book and the next book and the next book. Because oftentimes when you write your first book, that's not going to be the end of it. <laughs> a lot of people end up writing more after that first book comes out because they've released something and they realize, I can do this. I can do this. And I have a message that matters. Yeah. That's a real key thing. Yeah, because I've written, you know, 11 books that way now and working on the on the 12th one. But but not until I, I update the first one so you can start editing it and making it uh, a more powerful message for me. <laughs> Absolutely. I, to, I look I forward to, to that. Yeah, I don't want to start something new until I've completed what I have been working on. So, Tanya, you give presentations at writing conferences. So what's the significance of Tauntaun that you mention in your presentations? Well, Connie, Tantan comes from a nickname 
from when I was a child. The only person in my world who was allowed to call me Tonton was my grandmother. Loved her dearly. Well, now Tonton is, it stands for Take Action Now, Take Action Now. And it's just a reminder that any part of uh, attracting anything you want in your life, the attraction piece, the bulk of it requires action. And so, I mean, just looking at the word, it requires action. So take action now reminds you that now the power is in your present moment, as Louise Hay always says. This is where things happen at this very moment. You can't act in the future. You can't worry about acting in the past. All you can do is act right now. So take action now towards your goals. Take action now towards writing that first book. Take action now towards feeling good about what it is that you're producing for the world so that you can make a greater impact. Just take action now. And that's what Tan Tan represents for me. Okay, excellent. And an example I'll give for, for myself for this is there's a there's a new platform. By, by the time people are listening to this, I guess maybe it won't be so new, but right now it's really brand new. It's in the first month. It's called Periscope. And it's a way for us to record videos and get them published and out just within seconds. I mean, it's you talk and you're in the video or you're pointing at something and it's done. And I was writing to my list and I kept saying, you know, well, this week I'm going to give it a try. I've signed up for it and, you know, later this week I'm going to do it. And I thought, well, that's crazy. So yesterday I just went over to the beach in Santa Barbara and I did three of them. The first, the first one, I hadn't activated something, so people said, we're hearing you, but we're not seeing you. So I had to delete that one. The second one... I, I can't remember what happened. I didn't know how to end it. it. It just got all messed up, so I got rid of that one. And, you know, within 10 minutes, I had the third one that's now a keeper. It's a four-minute video, and I did it. And I thought, there's no point in doing something later. Just jump in and do it now. The worst that happens is it gets messed up, and you have to delete it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Just take that <laughs> now. Good job. That's right, get it, getting it going. All right, so let's get back to editing a little bit more. In your experience, what are some of the common errors do you find that all of us authors make? Well, Connie, I work with both fiction and nonfiction authors. And on the fiction side, as uh, you might imagine, one of the common errors is just the incorrect uses of punctuation within dialogue in a fiction piece. So a lot of authors don't recognize that the terminal punctuation of a sentence, the period, after somebody has said something, it's period and then the double quotation marks afterwards. Sometimes people will put it on the outside. Sometimes they just forget it altogether. So that's one common <laughs> error that happens that I see an awful lot. And then another common error is just using the um, correct sounding word in the wrong context. And that's those common homophones, those two, T-O, T-O-O, T-W-O, which one goes there? You know, it sounds right. So let's say that you use dictation software perhaps to record that uh, audio for the book and then had that transcribed. Well, you may have the incorrect word there. So spell check is not going to find that. You need a live editor who can actually find that for you. So human eyes are required in order to get the right contact. Yeah, I think we you know, we love automating things so much, but um, humans still have great value, I'm glad to say. Absolutely right. And then there's simple things like um, 
in the common areas the, the misspellings, the transposition of letters that actually changes the word. So instead of from, uh, you have form or exist and exit. So those kinds of things that spell chant won't trip up for you, it won't highlight for you because they're not wrong. They're just incorrect in the context of your words. So there again is where it really does take a human to read your work to make sure that it's as polished as it could be. Yeah, and I know with me, I'm dyslexic, and so that's very common for me to do what you were just describing. And um, like you're saying, spell check won't check it. So sometimes if I'm writing an article for a magazine or something, then I'm reading it out loud you know, in front of my computer before I take that next step. I want to see how it how it sounds because I'll, I'll read the word that I've actually typed <laughs> and many times that that's not the uh, the word that that I intended to have. So tell us about where people can can find you. Where where is the main site and where's the page that you've set up for our listeners? Are you there? Did I lose Tanya? No, she's there. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I I don't know how I got lost on that one. Um, <laughs> there you are. <laughs> the main site, the main address is halogenink.com, and I'd like to spell that because it's not as you would think. It is www.halogenink.com, halogenink.com. And that's the main site. And Connie, I'd like to invite folks to click there. There are there's a handout there that they can download for free. That is free um, five tips for catching your own errors. Ooh, so it wonderful! Helps you to identify, yeah, some of those things that oh, I can look for this in my own writing and see if these are things that I can clean up before I send it to my editor or anyone else. So hopefully that'll be helpful for your listeners as well. All right, and where's that? Where's that uh, download at? Have that download is actually right there on the Halogen Inc. site when you get to halogenink.com. But I'd like to provide something special for your listeners, and I'm going to put that at halogenink.com forward slash listeners. Listeners. So I will have something special for your listeners there, Connie. Perfect, perfect. So that's Halogen Inc., H-A-L-L-A-G-E-N-I-N-K.com and then go to forward slash listeners, plural, and we'll get that special download just for us. And go over to connieloves.me forward slash Tanya, T-A-N-Y-A, and you can take a look at the iPad, the manifestation, and the law of attraction so that you can pick up those. Uh, it's the seven-step the seven step process for creating your best life now that can also be used for authorpreneurs. Well, Tanya, it's been so wonderful having you on the call. Are, are there any words of wisdom you want to give to people that are, you know, just they're either contemplating writing a book or they've started their outline and they haven't written? How would you encourage them to continue? Well, Connie, I'd like to encourage everyone to go ahead and express yourself in words. Some people say, well, you know, they've already written a book on this and nobody else needs to read any more about it. But the reality is that nobody has your way of expressing that same thing. For example, the iPad book is based on the law of attraction in general. 
But what leaders have told me is, oh, my gosh, I never, I never thought of it that way. And you put it so simply in the seven steps that I can see where I fail. So now I know how I can get back up. Well, everybody's talking about it. So if I didn't share that, those particular people might not have had that click. So go ahead and write that book because your words matter. And your words could make that impact that your reader needs. Perfect, perfect. Thank you so much. Well, I have been speaking with Tanya Brockett. She is an expert editor and speaker on entrepreneurship and a copy editor for me and many other people. And I want you to uh, make sure that you uh, subscribe to all the calls in my podcast series. Again, this is Connie Reagan Green from HugeProfitsTinyList.com. Thank you for joining us, and thanks again to you, Tanya. Thank you, Connie.